Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 349 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we interviewed Kristen Hodgins of Accenture Legislative Technologies as part of our Fresh Voices on Legal Tech interview series. What a great guest Kristen was. You'll definitely want to listen to the episode if you haven't already and check out the other interviews in our Fresh Voices series. In this episode, we thought it was a good time to revisit our ongoing Second Brain projects that we've been working on for a few years. Tom will probably be able to tell us exactly how long. We started with goals that were a bit different, but we ended up using the same tool. How are things going now, and what lessons can you learn from our experiments? Tom, what's on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report, we will indeed be revisiting our Second Brain projects and seeing if our paths are diverging somewhat and any lessons we can share. In our second segment, we're going to play another round of our new thumbs up, thumbs down game. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip website or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, we wanted to revisit our second Bain projects and give you a status report on where we are and where we might be going. Uh, if you think you know where we're headed, stay tuned. Got a lot to talk about today. But before we tell you where we are now, let's first refresh your memories about where our Second Brain project has been, and for those of you who may need a little catching up. Believe it or not, this is a project three years running. We started talking about creating our Second Brain back in July of 2020. The goal at that time was to find a way we could capture all the things we capture, put them in a place where we could organize and easily recall them when we needed them. We weren't satisfied with the tools that we were using at that point then. We talked throughout the course of a year or two or a little bit more, we talked about the different ways to capture information, how to organize that information once you capture it, how to take action on it, how to share it with people. We both ended up deciding on Notion as the container for our second brain. And we've both been working uh, at different levels of effort, building out those second brains for three years now, uh, some of us with more success than others. We haven't discussed our brain project for almost exactly a, a year. The last time we talked, we gave an update was almost exactly a year ago. So we thought it was time to catch up and see not only where our second brains are, but what might be out there to affect our future second brains. Dennis, what's interesting to me is that you stopped talking about your work with second brain and Notion just around the time that ChatGPT came out. Uh, is that a coincidence or not? So I would be very surprised if you tell me you've also been working on your second brain all this time as well. Uh, has your second brain taken second place in your tech heart these days? It's an interesting question because I have been working on second brain. And after we talked last year, you were disappointed that you felt that I was ahead of you on Second Brain. So I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't brought it up. But I have been using the AI in Notion over 
the last, well, I guess since the, the beginning of the year. Uh, so I have been working on Second Brain. In fact, I'm, I just put down, uh, sketched out this evening, the next steps I'm doing for the next phase of my Second Brain, what I'm calling Second Brain 3.0. But I don't, I don't think it should be a contest between us. I think both of us have had purpose and goal changes since we originally had the idea. And, you know, I, I know I have. And uh, in this next round, I'm, I'm going to take the second brain in a little bit of a different direction. And I'm going to take some of the things that I had in notion and maybe not. Uh, I may let them leak out a little bit into OmniFocus in terms of to-dos and, and tasks and uh, go in a little bit of a different direction with the second brain. But the AI is definitely a piece of my second brain, and, and we'll, we'll talk about how I'm, I'm using that in Notion. Well, I'm not sure... I'm not sure really what you're talking about, about me being disappointed that somehow you were beating me because I stopped thinking about this as a contest a long time ago. My thinking on the whole second brain has pretty much ramped down and we'll talk about why it's ramped down in a little bit. I mean, I'm slowly but steadily making progress on what I want to make out of it which again, I'll talk about it. I still have a ways to go. It's not what I want it to be yet, but I'm probably going to be using it in a different way. I'm already using it in a different way from you. And I do want to kind of talk about the AI features in there and where I think they come up short in, uh, in what I ultimately want a second brain product to do. Right. Well, and I also think that we're in some ways with the AI built into into Notion, and actually, I think in generative AI in general, we're we're still in at early stages. Uh, so I like some of the things that we're doing, but I, I think in when I look at the the three uh, ideas I have, there's sort of tweaks in the and the biggest thing that uh, I want to do to increase the value for me is actually the farthest away from AI that you can you can possibly be, but I, I think you're you're right that. After three years, it does make sense to go back to the basics and say, does the second brain still make sense? Because if you look at, you know, people who are doing second brains like uh, Diego Forte and, and others, uh, their notion is really a kind of like a super duper task tool, you know, our, our to-do list. Um, and you also see people using it for daily reflections and other things like that which I surprisingly have found super useful. And, and, and that's the one thing I didn't expect that uh, the second brain would do for me is this sort of daily reflection thing. But I'm starting to feel that uh, I'm duplicating task lists in the second brain and in OmniFocus. And I think that OmniFocus is better suited to what I want. That's why I may move some of that stuff out. And I'm looking for research ideas and notes to go into second brain. And so it is more back to this notion of capture and then to make things actionable in, in terms of what I'm collecting, uh, you know, rather than sort of the pure task thing, which is how I started out. So this is where a lot of my thinking has gone lately and why I'm, uh, I'm less gung-ho than I used to be. I, I've been listening to a lot of productivity people talk about this lately. A lot of podcasts, a lot of people who are in the, quote, productivity space 
talking about this, and they're all asking <laughs> the same question, and it makes me ask the same question. Is anybody else besides the productivity people creating second brains? I mean, we follow all these people who talk about whether they're using it for reflection journal or whether they're using it for task manager or they're using it for something else, but are any of our friends using, doing second brains? Are any of the people, you know, I want to know if any of you out there listening to this are actually creating second brains for this, you know, or is it just these productivity geeks Admittedly, we are those people and always looking to use a tool for a certain purpose. You know, I've been reading, I mentioned this during the summer reading uh, list episode. I mentioned the book 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals. And one of the things he talks about a lot is that there are a lot of people who are into productivity for this, just for the sake of being into productivity, um, that it's something to do and that you'll never finish your to do list because your brain wants to find more things to do. So it, it makes me wonder, are we creating our second brains just because we want to use a cool tool in a different way? And I, I'm starting to question a little bit what the job to be done is, what I want it to be. I was listening to, um, to one podcast where this productivity guy I was listening to, was he was asked, I'm migrating my information to a new tool. If you haven't heard, Evernote is basically going away in the United States. It's not going away, but they're moving to Europe and, and they're worried that Evernote will not be viable anymore. So a lot of people are looking to move away from that very long time note-taking app. And they would say, I'm migrating information to a new tool. What tool do you recommend? And the productivity geek said, don't move anything. Get it set up in your new tool, and then for three months, see what pieces of information you get. You go back to get from your old system, and I bet that you will probably be willing to delete 95 to 99% of the old information that you saved, and you will never care about it again, which is compelling to me. And it's like, it's hard not to have a second brain existential crisis thinking about it in that way. Is that really something that I want? So is the point of this all that we like organizing things? Will we ever use this stuff? So you see where I, that's where I am right now is I'm really starting to question my purpose, which is why I'm using it in a particular way, which is what I suppose we're going to cover in just a minute. So I did my third quarter personal quarterly offsite, and I don't have the notes in, in front of me to read exactly what I said, but you know, I was thinking about, am I sometimes feel I'm spending too much time planning to do than I do yep, exactly, on doing, exactly. you know, and, and that's why I'm like, well, I, do I need to simplify here? And then also the question of like, what is really done for me? Right. And what is what is the benefit of having this massive list that just keeps surfacing more things for you to do without a sense of of completion? So there are great benefits of of task managers. Like I don't even know how I, I would keep things going if I didn't have a task manager, but it can weigh you down. And if you've you know, unless you're, you know, giving yourself some sense of accomplishing something that they can actually start to, you know, to, to cause you some frustration and some tension. And so, so I looked at that and I was like, you know, as I've moved more recently, I had, I was thinking about, like, I think I want to do, I, I just think I want to get better at getting things done and using OmniFocus and not like recreate it in, in Notion as a second brain. I have these other things though, 
you know, like idea journals, reflections, uh, habit tracking, other things like that that make sense in a different place, you know, web research. And that's what I want to start using the second brain for. And I think there are some benefits there from AI. Um, and then with the, the job to be done is to say, I want to take that stuff, collect it, and then make it actionable when I want it to be actionable. And so that that becomes more the focus. And that's why sort of oddly, all this work I've done, uh, what I would say is like on the task side, on the productivity side, I'm thinking about moving out of there other than the sort of KPIs and OKRs as we've, we've talked about before, which are measures, um, which I, I do like to track. I've never really cared for Notion as a task manager because there's too much manual work you have to do to make it that way. I prefer to use a dedicated task manager like OmniFocus, like Todoist. They're designed for that. They, they have, to a certain extent, their own AI. They have their own tools that make it easier to manage stuff. But I will say I have set up... I have set up my second brain in a way that makes sense to me. I still have stuff to add to it. I still need to fix. I've gotten my travel database up and running. I mean, I want to be able to manage my trips, uh, both past, present, and future in, in Notion. I, you know, I'm creating this running list of, no, of restaurants that I learn about all over the world so that when I'm planning to travel someplace, I can go to that database and say, okay, what are the ones that, that interested me at that point in time? And that's compelling. You know, every, I've started reading a lot of travel magazines and I'm now saving those in Readwise and I'm adding those into my, my knowledge vault uh, so I can do research for upcoming trips. I set up a single page for each vacation that I have with the itinerary, all my tour notes, all my reservations, all my documents. I thought I was really happy and then yesterday I saw Marie Poulin come out with this just amazing travel template that now I need for her to sell to me because <laughs> I want to change it completely. But I'm, I'm happy with the, with the progress that I'm making. I'm also happy with my knowledge vault. I really like the fact that I'm using Readwise to save all of my highlights, whether that's in articles, whether it's in books that I read. I'm uploading PDF files now that I highlight and I put them in there. Um, I can save, I guess we call them posts now. They're not tweets anymore. They're posts. I could do that if I wanted to. Um, and I have set up different knowledge areas to which I am linking the different articles that I'm coming up with. However, I view that as kind of a laborious task. I'm not, it's not my favorite, but I am doing that tagging. So I'm happy with the, that purpose for which I am using it. What I don't like right now is how Notion manages or handles this whole notion that you talk about, Dennis, of surfacing information at the right time. I'm not convinced it does a great job of that, and I want to talk more about that in our second part of this. That's kind of what my right now is, and I'll talk about my future use uh, in just a few minutes. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you that uh, for me, Marie uh, Poulin is an inspiration, and I'd love to have her as a guest on the show because then we could learn tons about Notion because she's such an expert with it, and I, I really like the way she uses it. So I like Notion a lot, and it's because I went, uh, you know, I think if you go back and listen to some of the prior podcasts, my revelation was I was looking for templates that other people have created, and then when I went back and learned how to build my own databases in the way I wanted, 
then Notion really started to work for me. And so so now I have a good sense of like, oh, if I want to create something, uh, here's how I map that out. Here's how I put it together. I really like the way that it works. So I've had things that have worked well. I have things that have not worked so well, but now I'm starting to get a better sense of, of what it is that I want. And, and you're right, Tom, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next segment. So maybe it's about time to do that. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about. Include We've kind of talked about what our past has been with our second brain. Maybe it's time to talk a little bit about our future. But before we do that, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured, and the Spanish Group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that, and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish Group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. If you're like me, you're probably a bit frustrated with the state of our political system today. Democracy Decoded, a podcast by Campaign Legal Center, examines our government and discusses innovative ideas that could lead to a stronger, more transparent, accountable, and inclusive democracy. Listen at democracydecoded.org to their new season, which takes a deep dive into democracy at the state and local level by highlighting different ways to ensure that every voter's voice is heard. And we're back. Tom, I've sort of resisted AI until this segment. Is it time to bring it up and and maybe get some of your maybe new thoughts about AI? Actually, I'm going to intentionally punt on this, and I have a purpose for this. Before we talk about what I'm thinking, I want you to set this up for me. You have used Notion AI much more than me, so I want you to tell me how you've been using it and what you see it being useful for, because I think that's going to lead me into my discussion of what I'm thinking about AI um, a little better. Okay, so four things. Uh, so one is I have used Notion AI just as a substitute for ChatGPT. So, because it can do the same things, I can I can do that in Notion AI. There were some limitations with ChatGPT that I, I'm not finding anymore in the in the paid version. So, I, I don't do that as much. Notion has two built-in things that you can you can add columns to your database that are AI. And so, uh, one is a, is an AI summarizer. So it will just take what you've put in there or what you've referred to in in the notes associated with a line in your database. So I could say, here's this website that I found and I put it in there and I have, you know, I have the name of the website, I have the URL, I might have a tag for it or not. And then I, in this AI summarizer, it will automatically summarize what's at that website in about like two, three sentences. And that is incredibly valuable. And it will do that for for anything. So I always add that column to any database I'm doing. They have another one, and it has a name. I just think of it as the tagger, uh, but it's like an AI tagger, and it will give you some keywords for it. Again, that, that is, is also useful because it helps you find things in searches, and it, it gives you an idea what's in things, especially if you're collecting websites and the title that gets captured doesn't really 
tell you enough. And then the fourth thing, which is really important to me, is that I'm putting together this AI prompt toolbox. And so I want to keep it all in one place. And so I put that into into a separate Notion database where I keep in one place the actual text of the prompt, my name for the prompt, the trigger for the macro for that that prompt, and then it, it auto-summarizes it to make it a little easier for me to understand what's in there. And those are probably the four big uses I, I, I make of, of AI in Notion. Okay. That's what I thought, and that's what my, I mean, that's kind of what my research and my limited use of Notion AI has been like. And so those examples, and then there are other examples, there's other ways to, to, do, to do things. But to me, what they all have in common is, and what Notion AI is very good at, is helping you create some type of content inside of Notion that's based on external content, it's based on something outside of Notion rather than something in your database. So I want you to tell me if I'm missing something, but what I'd rather have, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going on a long, a long screed here, what I'd rather have is something similar to what we've talked about in the past. You know, the ability to put our collaboration book into ChatGPT and ask, ask it questions. But I really want to be able to do, and, and this is something that I tried to do with Notion AI, and I probably didn't do it the right way if it's possible. I know I didn't do it the right way because it didn't give me any information, but I want to be able to ask Notion, review my notes and provide me with information about this topic. I, I, I know that's a very amateurish prompt, but I want to, that's just the general message. I want you to go and give me information, but I want to be able to ask questions to my second brain and have me answer them. Or even better, I want like um, a writing space that is connected to my second brain, that as I'm writing something, it will surface that information automatically. It will recognize that as I write something, it will underline it. And if I click on it and go, hey, this is related to these five notes that you have, uh, to, it's commented toward. Or it pops up comments in the margins. Do you also want to include this? Or it'll pop something up. Oh, by the way, you wrote this exact same article six years ago and you forgot that it's in there, but it's somewhere in your second brain. But here's something relevant for you. Or even, I think that to me, that is literally the definition of a second brain um, is I know that there is technology capable of it. I'm not not sure that I've seen as much on the consumer side as to do what I actually want to do. Now, one tool that I am starting to play around with a little bit is a tool called MEM, M-E-M, and they have some kind of interesting features. It's I, I sort of have viewed MEM as being similar to Rome Research and Obsidian in that it, it does a lot of, you know, relational linking and stuff like that, so you're not really organizing things in databases the same way that you would in Notion. But they have some interesting features. One is called Similar to This, which is going to search across all of your content as you're writing, and it will pull it all up so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. They are also starting to roll out something called Chat with Mem, where you can ask questions like, what were the key insights from those witness interviews that I conducted over the past week? And it will go and find those interviews, and it will bring back a summary of what those insights were. I'm hoping that 
Microsoft 365 Copilot can be like this. I'm hoping that it can search through my whole Microsoft 365 world and do that sort of information. Would that be an excuse for me to put all of my second brain stuff into OneDrive one day? I don't know, maybe, but that kind of is scary to me and I'm not sure I want to do something like that, but it would be interesting to see. But you know, the, I was listening to a podcast with the creators of Mem. <laughs> what I liked was they, they, they say that it's just like Clippy. Uh, remember how Clippy just kind of popped up when it thought you needed something. And I would they are arguing that Clippy was ahead of its time. And uh, that's kind of what I want. I'm not sure that Notion can do it, whether Notion ultimately can do it or whether another tool, that's kind of what I want my second brain to become so that I can so that it can tell me what I think, what it thinks I need when I need it. And that's the surfacing part that I struggle with in the way that Notion is currently structured. All right, screed over with. So I think you're asking for something that doesn't quite exist yet. Um, and that's why I'm looking at local open source LLMs on my own data, um, which I think is, is ultimately the solution there. So the Notion AI is also good at saying, how might I do, answering the question, how might I do this in Notion? Um, it's excellent at that. Uh, so like the in the clippy sense of like, tell me how I could do something in Notion, it's really good at that. And that's, that's how I learned a lot. I think the trick that I found, and I run into the same thing that you do, I would like to say, oh, I have this entire database of daily reflections or, you know, or daily health tracking. Now, just run over everything and pull out these insights. And then you realize that it's this database of tables, right? And in some ways, the better way to do some of that stuff is through views and other things, speaking technical notion talk here, but I can basically surface some of the things I want and do it that way. But I would say that you are running into what I've seen is that once you're sort of saying, look at all the different rows in the table, or you're saying, look at more than one row in the table, that's where I don't think the tools are quite there yet from the last time that I tried it, which was a couple of months ago. This stuff is moving fast, but I think that that is an issue where I would rather say, and Notion kind of has this issue anyway. If you say, I have this table and I like to just port it out to Word document, it's not that easy. Uh, but you would like to say, like, can I... Can I just take this stuff, uh, pull a bunch of stuff together in some form? I don't care whether it's a Word document or what, and then just have the AI analyze it. I think that we're just not, we're just not quite there yet. So I think that's why I say I like the tagging and summarizing thing, and I have an eye. I'm keeping an eye on the other things that it could do, but I'm mainly looking for some of those things, both in. Uh, chat GPT and add-ins and then I think ultimately in my own local work with open source LLMs which will probably come in a little bit later this year that I'll start I'll start doing that so I think your your wants are some of the great things that everybody wants Tom and I, I just think that the you can get part of the way there but I don't think you can get all the way there, and then you probably get it. Some of this stuff you're going to run into the to the normal generative AI things where they go, 
uh, and this is sort of Clippy's uh, downfall too, is they say, here's what I think is like related to this. And you go like, mm, no, it actually isn't. Like, get out of my way. You know, like I know what's related and not. So it'll be an interesting dynamic. And that's why I think potentially where people have high expectations from generative AI may get disappointed, where if you say like, hey, all I want is just create some tags and summaries, I think you're going to be like fantastically happy with some of the AI tools. But anyway, that's just my reaction. One thing I'm hoping is that I'm hoping that technology gets better than Clippy. I'm hoping that it gets better than the, here's what I think you're looking for. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But I think that, frankly, because Notion doesn't quite do it, like you said, I'm going to be looking at other tools. Now, those raise other issues. And, of course, now here I am, a productivity geek, heading in a direction of yet another bright, shiny tool that I want to try to use. So I'm sort of my own worst enemy when it comes to this. But but that's kind of where I'm going to be at least exploring to see what's possible out there and using a tool like MIM to see what uh, what it does. I will be very interesting, and I will report back the next time we talk about this. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I am not, my thinking is not to go to another shiny tool. Because I don't, I think that a lot of, especially in AI, there's a lot of over-promising. And I would just say, like, I just want some core tools that have been around for a while and and let me experiment with those and not try to figure out something new that I don't know, won't know whether we'll be around. I mean, we learned a lot from Twitter, right? Like we were in Twitter for years and then it got destroyed. So you're like, well, why? I want to kind of take more control of my own content and I want to use tools that I have uh, some confidence will be around and I want to just get better at those things. So one of my lessons and what I have coming up in the next, in in my second brain 3.0. So I like phasing and staging to say, here are the things I like to do. So I recently did an idea journal where I'm collecting ideas and I put that into Notion and I really like that. But the number one thing on uh, Second Brain 3.0 is that in every database I'm doing, I'm going to put in a column that has a checkbox that says return to. And if I check that, then I'm able to surface that stuff really easily. And I can say, oh, once a month, I look at the idea journal and I have a view that just shows every only the things that are have a checkbox that says return to. And then I can super efficiently look through those things at a later point. All I, And all I had to do was, was check a box. And so everything that I'm doing in this next phase is around simple things like that. And then I'm, I'm taking on the big task of I just have to get better at note taking. And, uh, you know, so I'm looking at it and, you know, finally taking on that big challenge for me of, of actually doing a, a notebook. And it's going to have things like, you know, how do I make this actionable? What a project is associated with or might be associated with? Do the AI summary of whatever I put in there. And then I think the key for me going forward, and this is my big experiment, is this return to checkbox and see how that helps me. Well, it looks like we both have a lot of things we're going to be trying. Uh, that also sounds like we probably will owe you another update on where we are in a while. But 
We've been talking about this too long during this episode. And I was saying our listeners also owe us an update to let us know about what they are doing or, or might be thinking about doing uh, with their own similar, we hope, projects. That's right. I want you to prove me wrong that it's not just me and Dennis who are doing uh, Second Brains, <laughs> that there are others out there, maybe who aren't productivity geeks, um, who are doing this because it's a good idea. Please let us know. Um, I would happy to be wrong about this particular thing because I think it's a good thing for people to have. All right, we've been talking about this too long. We need to move on to our next segment. But before we do that, we need to take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C. And get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com simple. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. We have a new game we're calling Thumbs Up or Thumbs Down. I will throw out a new idea I've had. Tom can ask any follow-up questions he has and then give the idea a thumbs up to indicate that I should move the idea forward or a thumbs down to say the idea should be thrown in a trash can. Um, I'll get a short rebuttal time if necessary. So I've released a new white paper about how I'm using uh, prompts in generative AI for discussion and recommendations with advisory boards of personas. Now, I recently had the idea that I could actually create a custom prompt that would describe me and my approaches and then make that prompt itself uh, available to others for licensing and they would get a version of what my thinking is. They could ask me any questions they want, uh, discuss any issues with me, get my recommendations on their projects. And in essence, I would scale my own advisory capacity and make it available to more people in AI form. So, Tom, your reaction, and if you like the idea, how should I price it? So, I have a couple of follow-up questions. So, here's I need to make sure I understand what it is. So, you're going to create a prompt to use in something like ChatGPT that would essentially ask the tool to answer questions as if it were you, correct? Yes, the prompt would describe me in, in sort of essential traits and perspectives I had. You would put the prompt into the prompt window in ChatGPT, and then you would ask the question that you wanted, and then the ChatGPT in my persona would answer that question. Right. So 
It's not really what your actual thinking is. It's what ChatGPT assumes your thinking is from the persona that you give it. You're not putting any of your thinking anywhere for ChatGPT to review and get information from, right? Nope. Okay. Nothing, nothing for me. It's just a context of me and a, a persona creation. Okay, so my rhetorical question here, no answer from you, is why would anybody want to pay to ask a computer what it thinks your thinking is rather than pay you directly to tell them what you actually think so that they know it. I, I think, personally, that's a hard sell. Licensing what an AI comes up to represent your thinking, that people are going to want to pay for that. I, you know, Also, I'm assuming you're going to have to have some pretty, that license agreement's going to have to have some pretty strict liability terms built into it in case the chat gives advice that does not accurately reflect uh, your thinking or your opinions. Um, so I think I'm always up for experimentation. So I will never tell you thumbs down on trying something. I think giving it a try is great. But I'd probably offer it for free as a what does Dennis think about my problem? I'd use that tool, but I don't know that I'd pay for it. I'd rather ask you myself and pay you a reasonable fee for that. So I don't want to, you know, say no to something, but I don't know. That feels to me like a little bit of a thumbs down. So... Here's my rebuttal a little bit. So so there's only one me, right? And I only have a limited amount of time. So this is a way that for a small, smallish fee, certainly smaller than what I might charge as a flat fee or, God forbid, an hourly fee, that uh, you could ask all the questions you want whenever you want. It's sort of like just-in-time Dennis advice. Um, and so my theory uh, and the hypothesis is that has a value that some people might be willing to pay because you don't have to get a hold of me. Like, as you know, Tom, it's like hard to get a hold of people these days. Like, you know, can you go on Calendly and set up a Zoom? Nobody answers the phone calls anymore. So um, that's the idea. And I would sort of scale out uh, or scale up what I'm able, the, the number of people I can, I can work with using this lesser form. And then they could, uh, if they had something they wanted to follow up on, then they, they could, of course, hire me in, in person. So that's, that's my thinking there. I would only say that uh, doesn't change my opinion because they're not talking to you. They're talking to an artificial version of you that is essentially saying things based on a brief description of what your persona is. And uh, I think I would make the argument that either that would not reflect your full thinking on a subject, or it would give, like ChatGPT often does these days, short shrift to it, that they would probably not do enough justice to what you're thinking on it would be, to where it would come out to be maybe not shallow is not the right word, but not the in-depth, comprehensive amount of information that the Dennis Kennedy with a real live organic thinking brain would be able to to talk to the people about. So here's the teaser that ChatGPT can do a pretty accurate summary of my innovation book at the moment. So uh, I haven't tested on what it knows about our book, but I, I'm sure it it could do a decent job on the early versions of, of our books. But, of course, it's time for our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So I have a tip this, this time, and I'm not sure if I'm just the only idiot who didn't know this, but I, it might be that some of you aren't aware. If you purchase, there are a lot of services out there, and you can purchase subscriptions to these services 
using the Apple App Store, using Google Play, and you your subscription runs through those services. What I learned kind of in a rude way this week was that if you ever want to make a change to that subscription, the service that you're subscribing to won't actually let you do it because you have subscribed not to, through them directly, but through the other service. So for example, um, I use Headspace. I use Headspace for meditation and I love it a lot. And they have a family feature and I want to extend that to some members of my family. However, I cannot do that right now because I subscribe to it through my Google Play uh, account. And uh, it they've told me, they said, well, you absolutely can do it, but you can't do it you have to first cancel it in Google Play and then let the subscription run out in Google Play, which means that because my subscription in Google Play renewed last month, August of 2023, I now have to wait a full year to be able to sign up for the family program that I wanted to. And so I feel it's kind of crazy. It feels wrong to be like something like that, but think twice before you subscribe to a service using one of the app stores and just go straight to the service you want to do it. You may have a lot more flexibility if you ever want to change that subscription, do something more or less with it. Obviously, you can cancel it outright using the service but uh, you're limited, I think, in other ways. Hopefully nobody else is like that, but in case you are, there's my customer service announcement for the month. There is truly nothing like tech customer service, is there? Nope. No, it's and it like... took them four days to tell me that. It took them four <laughs> days to give me that information. So, so I, I'm teaching, the class I'm teaching this semester at uh, Michigan State is called cybersecurity and data protection. And so I'm always collecting new resources uh, and developments on cybersecurity. So the uh, CISA.gov site, C-I-S-A, which is probably the, the homepage for U.S. cybersecurity, has put a, out a new set of resources on the site called Secure Our World, which uh, they're collecting uh a whole bunch of information about personal cybersecurity, and it's really just a great resource, and I highly recommend it, and we can't, as my students are learning, um, there are so many threats out there that anything you can do to protect yourself is a good thing, and it's this is, you know, one of these good things that CISA, which does a lot of good things, is doing, and I think it's really helpful as a one-stop shop. And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode on the Legal Thought Network's page for the show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, on the Legal Thought Network site, or in your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always find us on LinkedIn. Uh, we are occasionally on X or other, t uh, other uh, social media services, or remember, you can always leave us a voicemail. We would love to get a voicemail about how you use your second brain. The number to do that is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. As always, a big thank you to the Legal Talk Network team for producing and distributing this podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode, which... Tom, by my count, will be 350 of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. 
And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report only on the Legal Talk Network.